yes it is so hallelujah when you see the word amen is the word yes yes i concur surely surely it's an agreement it is right it is so i welcome you in the name of the lord jesus christ at revelation 3 and verse 14 you find says these are the words of the amen amen sanctimony amen truly truly verily so it is so when i pray and you don't say yes it is it's obvious you are not in agreement hallelujah and my very candid advice to anyone who comes in the church and does not agree with whatsoever kind of prayer or whatsoever is being said is to just say something make sure you are saying something if you cannot fly you better run if you cannot run you better walk if you cannot walk you better crawl if you can't crawl you better make some kind of movement at every point in time you must be found doing something these are the words of the amen revelation 3 and verse 14 so if you cannot say amen just say oh me oh me just sound alike hallelujah amen anyone who tells you that commitment to the things of the spirit of god will come easy is deceiving you anyone who tells you that fervent pursuits in accordance with godliness will come as cheaply as sleep will come to your physical bodies is foolhardy and will make you subsequently live in the fool's paradise. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure in vessels of earth. This is our greatest demobilizer. Hindrance or encumbrance the child of God has to patch up peace upon the face of the earth is the possession frail physical body that will negate spiritual desire and spiritual pursuit if you think it will come just like lay your head on some bed of roses you deceive yourselves we have a treasure but we have the treasure in active vessels we have the glory of the nature of christ but we have the glory of the nature of christ within physical members physical members the greatest hindrance the christian has got upon the face of the earth is his flesh his body his physical body there's something you must realize and this is the salient fact the very authentic fact that you have sure you have something it looks to me as if the reason why many of us behave will behave is because 
we do not know we have something place to gather because we're trying to get something church is the place we gather because we have something i've got something on the inside of me hallelujah <laughs> The kind of person in your outlook will differ when the understanding you have something from the Lord, a priceless gem or treasure, as opposed to just coming to church to get something that will quickly leave you. Christianity affords the privilege of a contact and lasting encounter with something that is tangible. You have something you have a priceless treasure you have an invaluable treasure you have a difficult to be estimated analyzed or empirically weighed thing on the inside of you it is called life this is what the christian has been given of the lord we have this treasure fundamentally we are supernatural said to you at this church before i said the hiding place of god's power is a new creature the hiding place of god's power is not just the holy ghost the hiding place of god's power is jesus the hiding place of god's power is you that is born of the spirit of god because you are god's tool a vessel of power upon the face of the earth we have this treasure in earthen vessels oh my god first peter chapter 4 verse 10 says as every man has received the gift which you have something without any form of contradiction fear or favor without any gain saying the child of god has something you know, there are sometimes pastors say look at my hands there is nothing in my hands when there is something in my hands it's called the power of god amen to check my nothing there's something within me it's a power of the holy ghost shell of my bow fire eternal life it's so vital christianity is not about how well you can prove a point to please the lord it's not about how well you can show to god that you are worth his grace on every side christianity of God. full blast of God's blessedness God is the one who has blessed you you are not trying to show to him Lord I can match up to the evidence of your grace you are only saying thank you Lord as you have graced me as you have given me as you have saved me so I'm walking in this I'm walking give you thanks and give you praise that is why our work should be painted with thanksgiving as every man received the gifts first corinthians 12 and verse 7 says but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every every person every christian there's nobody destitute there's nobody left out there's nobody isolated there's nobody extraordinary guilted by God who has not been graced with the gift of eternal life. Now, this is the treasure that you and I have 
God, it's it's a great treasure. The threshold of God's power in manifestation is something very serious. Amen. It's a wrong emphasis that is in the body of Christ today. And the emphasis is on what the Christian can get. The Bible emphasis is on what God gave to him. He has gotten something already. He has something already. I had a preacher who was preaching sometime. He was preaching from Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, verse 10, he would gather together both in one all things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11 says, In whom we have obtained an inheritance. And the man quickly said, In whom we shall obtain an inheritance if we do not fall. So where did he see this? Where, who told who taught him? Where did the demon come upon him? The demon of lying quickly that he just quickly severed the word from the word. Or severed his own word from the word. He says, In whom we have obtained an inheritance. Now look upon yourself. I have obtained an inheritance. It will affect your work. It is right now your work is being affected by your sense of spiritual lack. Now there is always a sense of spiritual lack. I want you to realize that no matter how full you are upon the face of the earth, no matter how influential or influential, no matter how rich, no matter how, rich, no matter how highly favored or famous, no matter how infamous you are upon the face of the earth, there's always a time there's a in the realm of the spirit and too many times most of us have our lives painted with a sense of spiritual lack you have all things physically but there's a sense of spiritual lack you have nothing physically you are suffering but you still have a sense there's a time you say i wish i had spiritual power but then there is nothing to show for it the sense of spiritual lack for example you just you just wishes you could you could run a troop a mouth watching gregarious number of people and still leap over the wall so you have a sense of spiritual lack to just wish there was something supernatural about you to clear all these 15 dead devil robbers around your house a sense of spiritual lack. You just wish you could raise your father from his bed of sickness so you have a sense of spiritual lack. You just wish you could do something than the normal so you have a sense of spiritual lack. You just wish you were a child of God and glory. You have a sense of spiritual lack. Somebody says, the kingdom of God is difficult to get. Let's pray for ourselves. You just wish you got something that will take you to the kingdom of God without fail. 
So you have a sense of spiritual lack. Comes to a point where just you just feel you were more than you were. Hallelujah. It's so stifling. He just he just wished, wished you could command those high boys to open. So you have a sense of spiritual lack. The child of God has been so graced by the power of redemption that he should never exercise a sense of spiritual lack. Because the extraordinary thing people are seeking after, God has made us for ordinarily. Ordinarily, by birth, we've been born of the power of God. By birth, I mean by birth. I did not say by spiritual labors. By birth, we've been born of the extraordinary grace of God's power. The infinite power of God is what we have finitely. The abnormal, preternatural, supernatural, exceeding grace is what we have was by nature. Christianist. He has obtained an inheritance. He's got something. He has something nobody can dispute. He has something nobody can refute. He has something that is incontrovertible. He's got the indefatigable God. Superhuman ability of God on the inside of him. Don't you like that one? Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. Sometimes I love to go through scriptures. To assure my heart of what I have. Because there are too many things that the things we don't have or really need. Come and shroud our visage. Block a healthy visual equity for the things that we really have of the Lord. You have an, a visual acuity of, of minus six or something. <laughs> you can't see. You can't see. But you ought to see clearly that you have received something. Your Christianity will be difficult. You, you find it difficult to make progress in the things of the spirit unless you come from the pedestal or the offshoot that you have something. Now God is not saying make progress without anything. God is saying make progress because you have something. God is not saying serve me and walk worthy of my kingdom and my glory without nothing God is saying I have given you the power I have given you what it takes I have given you my nature I have given you my life I have given you my grace I have given you everything so you can do it like I want to do it if you have done it you have no praise or glory anywhere because all glory belongs to me I am the one who has given you this priceless nature to walk in the things of the spirit of God I have something I have something you have something also but this treasure we have is in earthen vessels. The treasure we have is in earthen vessels. Our physical bodies cannot in any way tally with the grace of God on the inside. If you view the grace of God by human personalities, you will violate the law of value. Hallelujah. If you if you view it 
there are certain components of this infrastructure infrastructure there are certain components of this local assembly that should never be viewed in the light of the housing of the wise he will subjectively reach some components because they don't ever meet the housing is just there for this components to manifest itself they have no link whatsoever there's no whatsoever because the components could have been anywhere manifesting but it's but anyway we should subject its value to the value of its casing i think such is the story of the man that is born of the spirit of god never view the nature of god within him by the physical structure he carries on the outside or you misquote value you misquote value <laughs> We have this treasure in earth in vessels that the excellence may be of God and not of us. I have something. Hallelujah. Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1 for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle we are dissolved we have a building of God and house not made with heavens with hands rather eternal in the heavens for in this we groan endlessly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is in heaven for in this we groan endlessly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is in is from heaven Verse 3. If so be that being closed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan. We groan, we are burdened. The flesh will never, ever support. The flesh will never stimulate. The flesh will never cooperate with spiritual Amen. I say it all over again. I said the flesh would never cooperate with your flesh, your physical body would never stimulate. Your physical bodies will never support the pursuit of the Lord because your physical bodies are not saved. The reason why the flesh will never support spiritual progress is because the flesh is not saved. The flesh is of the earth, earthy. The flesh is mundane. That is why 1 Corinthians 15 and Masuti says, Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah! Flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So, can the incorruptible never inherit the corruptible? 
it's a very fundamental thing that a Christian must learn in spiritual progress or he will keep misunderstanding values and he will keep thinking there is something very negative about him that is difficult to grapple with or to, to demystify. It's nothing serious. It's not that it's a demon within you. It's just that your physical bodies are not saved and you must put your body under and put it in check and pummel your body and bring it under subjection, under rapid spiritual control or else your body will walk wantonly against spiritual progress John 6 63 it is the spirit that quickens the flesh profited a little a little you know first first Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8 says bodily exercise profited little and it means that nothing just like John 6 and verse 63 says the flesh profited nothing nothing hey the flesh is no good. I know within this flesh of mine, do I let no good thing? The flesh is no good in any way. He will never make ample progress. He will never make meaningful progress trusting in the power of the flesh. Someone says, I know I will wake. Let me sleep a little. I will definitely wake. When my body sleeps, my body will wake. Your body will sleep forever. The way the body is, the body could sleep forever. And that's what the body enjoys most, death. The states of complete immobility. The state of lifelessness. Just remaining till decay comes and sets upon it and dust returns to dust as it was from the beginning. Your body is not saved. Second Corinthians chapter 5 describes the salvation of our bodies. One day, immortality like our spirits now possess one day of our physical bodies what exactly are we going to look like when these bodies are changed well it does not yet appear what we shall look like but one thing is certain when we see him we shall be as he is let us not begin to fathom within the segment of our physical imaginations or even physical hallucinations ladies and gentlemen because at times there are many things we do that are completely unreasonable you cannot reason or rationalize spiritual things in a physical way now god is a spirit you don't think of god like a physical man if you do it it becomes hallucinations you will think out of sense we cannot begin Imagine what we shall look like. We know when he comes, we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. Our bodies will be changed. We shall not all sleep. He will come from heaven with a sound and a trumpet as the voice of an archangel. And we shall be changed. We shall be changed. We shall be changed. Now, before we are changed, our physical bodies run against spiritual progress. First Corinthians and chapter fifteen. Hallelujah. Verse 49. As we have borne the image of the earthly, earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
neither that corruption inherit in corruption behold a sure mystery we shall not all sleep we shall all be changed however in a moment in a trickle of an eye at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruptible and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible shall have put on corruption and this matter shall have put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that this region death is swallowed up in victory we shall be changed we shall be changed we shall be we shall be changed we shall be changed time is going to come we shall be changed be changed we shall be changed we shall be changed this body completely changed shall be completely changed and these mortal physical bodies will be chained to immortal bodies that cannot die anymore bodies that will feel no pains anymore bodies that will not be flesh and blood anymore bodies that cannot be biodegraded anymore bodies that cannot decay bodies that are not happy anymore they are spiritual bodies that are immortal bodies It looks to me as if the bodies, the physical bodies we live in are negative agents. And not the, our bodies are not demonic, they're negative agents. While there is a push on the inside and a desire by the Spirit of God through our minds as we understand God's word. Now the desire to do the things of the Spirit is within our spirit. And will never translate to a productive thing in your life until by the word of God you understand it. You may be a Christian for 25 years and never wish or seek to please the Lord. It's by the word you understand God has put within you a zeal to please the Lord and you subject your life to this kind of zeal. Outside this you may never please the Lord as a Christian. There are many Christians that just walk in the flesh, walking in the flesh, walking as mere men. You may walk as mere men. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> oh my God! My God! First Corinthians three and verse one. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as on the spiritual, but as of the canna, even as of the babes in Christ Jesus. Verse three. For ye are yet canna. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are you not canna? I walk as men. When I walk as a man, oh my God, when I walk normally, I'm being carnal. Have you seen it before? As a man. When you go to bed, put me to bed to sleep as a man. And wake in the morning as a man. You are just a man. Have you spoken about Christianity? That Christianity has afforded us the privilege of being brought out of the domain of humanity to the very king domain of the spiritual we have the privilege of reveling in the grace of god like superhuman people we are not ordinarily we are not ordinary people he has not made us ordinarily extraordinarily ladies and gentlemen if you sleep as a normal human you are carnal 
second Corinthians 10 of verse 3. Though we live in the flesh, we don't walk in the flesh. Because if you walk in the flesh, you are cannot. If you see by the eyes, you are cannot. If you talk by the normal senses, you are cannot. If you are sense ruled, you are cannot. If I pinch your body to the brick of a vessel and there is a blood spill and you complain, you are kana. That is it. That is it. Now, any form of manifestation as a normal human is carnality. If I pierce this man's body and his body breaks and he complains, it's kana. He should never complain. If I pierce his body, he should turn the other side. Pierce it so that until I, I wear his, his, his mandibles. That's just. Someone says that's a joke. It's not it's a serious extent. That's serious. Because if you come to church and sit down like a man, you are kinda. Many of us sit down and say, ah, I'm too tired. You have been kinda. Every form of normal manifestation as a human being is carnality in the sight of God. This is the truth. The child of God should allow spiritual principles to govern his orientation. Spiritual principles to govern his daughter. Spiritual principles to fully determine his disposition. You should do as God has said to do by the word outside which you are carnal. Ladies and gentlemen, the influence to do good has been put on the inside of us because we have new natures. Knowing this first Romans 6 and verse 6 that our old man is crucified together with him that the body of sin may be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin. Our old man died to sin a long time ago. Our old man was once dead to God, but by the alienation and severance Christ gave to us from death, our old man is now dead to sin and alive to God. I said it's by the word you understand the influence of God on the inside of you. Otherwise, you just be a Christian that is carnal all the days of your life. The physical body is a negative component. physical body will never permit, will never tolerate spiritual pursuits. It's normal to when you want to pray a while and sleep comes. Say, ah, I guess I'm very tired. Let me give my body rest to her. No. You are not tired. Your body is saying no to prayer. Have you noticed that at the end of church service, people who have been writhing on their seats like in a trauma or some sleep disc or something, they sit this way, they go this way. The service has gone beyond one hour. They, they, they are inflicted with radiculopathy. They can't just complain, but what's wrong with you? Are you in childbirth? No. 
service is too long. One hour, 30 minutes. When it's two hours, they're looking very sick. The pains change their outlook. They look very old. At the end of the service, they just go, Glory! Talk four hours non-stop. Some folks pray, they pray at church 30 minutes. They say, I can't stand the seats. I can't stand the seats. So what's wrong with your legs? I don't know. I can't stand the seats. At the end of church, you sit them downstairs just like this for two hours non-stop. They won't even change position. Why? The flesh will allow for carnal pursuits because it is carnally orientated. The flesh will never allow for spiritual pursuit. You must get it very clear. So you know exactly what when sleep sets in you know what's going on when you get angry because church is going too long you know what's going on when you open your bible to read and your eyes begin to close you know what's going on when you try to look and something says drop it you know what's going on when you put on a tape and the tape makes you to sleep many of us use spiritual things as sedatives they act like drugs that make us go to sleep. They, they, they quench the thrust. They quench the strength of our nerves. They make our nerves relax till we sleep. I've had this over and over again. Someone says, let me just get to read my Bible. Sleep will come. And without faith, sleep comes. The power of the Bible is the power to make people sleep. It's the flesh. It's the flesh. There are many people who cannot pray all nights, but they can watch movies 24 hours. Non-stop. You can't talk to God 30 minutes, but you can talk to humans 30 hours. You get church, but you don't get a sick and tired of attending a party. You don't get sick and tired. There are folks whose, whose ailments is not some kind of sympathetic fever that they have they come to church and it worsens it becomes real fever but there are folks who get psychotherapeutic healing because they are if you sure they are healed physically healed because there's some psychosomatic healing of cells by the things they're encountering the flesh will say no to spiritual pursuits the flesh will say yes to carnality. Yes to more food. The flesh will say yes to express itself here on earth. The flesh will say yes to things that will aid its manifestation of carnality. The flesh will say yes to make it to make, make it manifest in the flesh. Yes, but really find the flesh say yes to the pursuit of God. There's something very, very cardinal about this, ladies and gentlemen. Because we live physical bodies. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 identifies possession of physical bodies. Physical bodies. We have physical bodies. Our spirits and our bodies. First Corinthians chapter six, 
20. God's word identifies the fact that we have physical bodies. Our bodies for being physical bodies, ladies and gentlemen, puts upon us certain demands. Certain demands that the child of God is not under any form of obligation to be. to see that my flesh is against my pursuit of God. It's also so healthy to see that my flesh would want me to do certain things I'm not under any obligation whatsoever to do. Your flesh is your greatest enemy. And this enemy is this enemy is you literally without the advent of the coming of Christ perhaps we will have understood the flesh better physically but now we know the truth about the flesh that the flesh will run at variance with spiritual pursuits Romans chapter 8 and verse 12 tells us brethren we are dead also. And brethren, we are dead also. Sincerely, we are dead also. But not to the flesh. Do you know what Romans chapter 8 and verse 12 is saying? Romans chapter 8 and verse 12 is saying, if you don't have this understanding, you will live in servitude to your flesh. You will forever be obedient to your flesh. Because it is normal to be obedient to your flesh. And obedience to your flesh is death. Get the Bible, look at it. We are debtors, but not to the flesh to live after expected. If you live after the desires of the lust of the flesh, you will die. But if you by the spirit put in check the desires of the flesh, you will live. What does this mean? It simply means if you allow the flesh to govern you and you sow seeds to his desires, you will reap along the lines of corruption. But if you by the spirit of God put in check the desires of your flesh, you will reap eternal life. You will reap along the lines of the face of the spirit of God. That's what it means. That's what it means. If you obey, I want food. I want rest. I want revenge. I want vengeance. I want to beat him. I want to squeeze him. I want to squash him. I want to squat him. I want to break his head. You will die. You will reap along the lines of corruption. But if you bad the spirit put in check all this desire and say no to the flesh and say yes to the spirit of God and say by the word this is what I ought to do. You will reap along the lines of eternal life. This is the meaning of Galatians 6. And verse 8, he that soweth, he that soweth to his flesh, have you noticed, shall of the flesh live corruption. Have you noticed, he that soweth to the spirit, doesn't say his spirit, it's the spirit. Because we can sow to our flesh as individuals, and then we can sow to the spirit in general. That soweth to his own flesh. 
his own flesh as opposed to he that soweth to the spirit of God our desires differ and vary but the things to be done as Christians I stand that he that soweth to his flesh as opposed to he that soweth to the spirit the things you want, the things you don't want, the things you desire, one man's food they says another man's poison. Differ one from another. But the things we ought to do as Christians are the same. You ought to behave like I behave in Christ. And this is funny because you say, Well, that's not me. What do you mean that's not you? I thought you were born again. That's not the way I was brought up. That's not what we do in my house. That's not how we think. Shut it up. Don't do how you think. Do as Christ thinks. Your behavior ought to be my behavior. You ought to walk in love like I walk in love. You ought to live in the spirit like I live in the spirit. If we live in the spirit, if we live because we actually have livelihood in the spirit, Galatians 5 and verse 25, let us also walk in the spirit. Galatians 5 and verse 16, it says, This I say, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. If you don't walk in the spirit of God by the word, you will fulfill the desires of the flesh. First Corinthians chapter 9. Hallelujah. And verse 24. Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but when we see the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mass is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. And therefore, so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep my body under and bring it in the subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a disqualified person. Have you seen that word? Disqualified from receiving the prize. There's a prize. You know, verse 24 talks of the prize. We're not running. To make the kingdom of God. We have already made the kingdom of God. We are running in the kingdom of God. The Christian is not running towards heaven. It's faith in Christ that guarantees heaven. But for having made heaven, we are running to accomplish for the reason why he saved us. He saved us for a particular reason and purpose. So we are pressing and struggling to apprehend which cause we ourselves have been apprehended of God in Christ Jesus he was not saying press run so that you will not be disqualified from heaven or cast away no hell he was saying I press can you see if you don't put your body under you can't make progress <laughs> he said I put my body in subjection you know what it means to put a subjection? It means to beat small, to reduce. To reduce sensibility, to beat small, to reduce ego. You 
checkmate it. You circumvent its atrocious and atrocious. You break its attitude. You bring it down and low. So it does not govern you or dictate the pace to follow. You say, This is what I want. Who makes you get angry? It's your flesh. How does your flesh, ex flesh express itself? Now your flesh expresses itself through your mind. Don't get this mixed up. Don't just say, it's my flesh. Now it's my flesh manifesting as a personality through my mind. So when I say, put your flesh in check, I'm talking about putting your flesh in check by the things you think. When I say, put yourself your flesh in check, I do not mean go cut your hands off. Because if you used to sin with your fingers and you cut them off, you will sing sin with your feet. When I say put your flesh in check, I'm not talking about treating the body harshly. I'm talking about controlling the mind. I'm not talking about pretending. I'm talking about having the wherewithal on the inside to say no when you ought to say no and to say yes when you ought to say yes. It's not about people. The things we do are more important than what people say. It's not about people. If they accuse you and you are right, you are still right. If they accuse you and you are wrong, you are still very wrong. Somebody says, I don't want to be accused. To his wrong. You get the, the philosophy? I don't want to be accused. To his wrong. I don't want anybody to talk about me. Though he's very wrong. That they have spoken or not spoken has not changed the fact that you are still very wrong. And that he that taketh a pit shall fall into it himself. When I speak about putting your body in check, I'm talking about your mind. It's from the mind. If you kiss with your lips and you think kissing with your lips is wrong and you cut your lips or you sew it up, you will kiss with your fingers. It's from the mind. The body fits the mind. The mind controls the body. The flesh suggests to the mind. The mind controls the flesh. Putting your body in subjection has to do with putting your mind in control by the word. By the word, you decide what is right. By the word, you decide what is wrong. You don't say, I do it because they do it. You say, I do it because I think it's right from the word. You know, most times somebody says, you are wrong. He says, hey, if I'm wrong, what about you? You are more wrong. No, it's that's not the issue here. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. I'm walking against the word. I'm violating the principles of the spiritual. 
I'm allowing my normal, I'm allowing my physical, I'm allowing the humanity that is in my physical body or in my mind to overrule my spiritual consciousness. I should go back to the word. Ladies and gentlemen, the way out of sin is the way of the word, is the way of spiritual consciousness. The way out of sin is not the way of running from God. If you run from God, run from the word or run from church, you will never change. Things will get worse. You haven't seen nothing yet. You will soon begin to explore the fun fundamentals of carnality at such height and rate you will even yourself be afraid of yourself the only way out of sin is the way of the word if our living in sins i cannot control i think seeking the lord is more important than running because of guilt people i want to see at church are the most sinful christians and it's funny those who have the confidence to sit at the front seat are those who are self-righteous. See, I checked my hands. There are no blood. Lord, check it yourself. Any traces? Thank you, sir. We are still lawyer. And those who sit at the back, oh, who never come, are those who are sinning. So I'm feeling guilty. If you are feeling guilty, come here. Just quickly come. Quickly come. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. 